Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now I know there are thousands of people who don't believe in God or the devil. I wish I was telling you a God-fearing story of how an angelic being appeared and changed my whole life. But this is not one of those stories. I'm not sure if God is real, and if he is, I don't know how he allowed such an evil to walk his green earth. I do believe in the devil, however. I've met his gaze, and I don't think I can ever shake all the hopelessness I saw in those cold black eyes. They were endless pools of black. It seemed as if the light didn't even reflect off of them. They were empty, and now that empty feeling is eating at me from the inside, and I don't know how much longer I can deny him. I can hear his breathy voice on the breeze, and it's calling my name. I used to love small, quaint little towns. Have you ever been to a small town? Well, in case you haven't, I'll elaborate a little bit. I don't mean towns of 16,000 people. I'm talking about the towns that have a population of under a thousand. The kinds of towns you would miss if you drove by them and blinked. They're the kind of places that live in children's books and country songs. Towns where everyone knows everyone and most of the population is stretched out over miles of rural gravel roads. Can you picture it yet? Towns where you have to have a truck because the creek floods when it rains more than an inch. In the wintertime, these roads remain blankets of white as there are not any plows to come to the rescue, unless the neighboring farmer has a tractor and is feeling generous. I grew up on an 80-acre farm in a small, quaint town called Silva. This is not much of a town. I can only imagine that it is considered a town at all, because of the local post office and a handful of police officers. But I have fond memories of that farm, regardless of the events that have recently occurred. I still can't say that I have hate for that place. My grandparents purchased that land and worked hard to get everything that they had. They were God-fearing people, but didn't necessarily go to church every Sunday. I do recall my grandmother having Joyce Myers on TV when I would get up most Sunday mornings, and my grandparents helped my father raise me, as my mother was in and out of the picture. They were like my second parents. They made me who I am today, and I miss them dearly. I truly think they are what helped keep the darkness away. Before I could get into the present, I need to talk a little bit more about my past. My parents had their problems and I could write a whole book about things that shouldn't have and would have been. 
I do believe that negative actions can let negative things into your daily life, and this rule helps spark these events. My parents abused drugs, mostly pills, for most of my early childhood. They would get messed up at home, and if things got too crazy, my grandmother would come and pick me up, which was easy because she lived within a five-minute walk from our trailer. My mother is very drawn to the paranormal, and this has some bearing on why I share the same fascination. She would read tarot cards and dabble in witchcraft. Now, I'm not saying my mother was a full-blown Salem witch, but she's told me she would participate in spells and seances with her friends. She also didn't have a full bearing on what she was messing with. This, along with unknown things led to the events I'm going to try to describe to you. I'd been around four years old when this happened. My parents were suckers and would let me sleep in their bed, even though I had my own bed. And I remember waking up to my mother screaming. I can't remember anything she was saying, but I remember the tone in her voice wasn't anything I had heard come from her mouth before. She had me wrapped up in the big duvet, and I remember the room being so cold that my nose hurt. She had me wrapped up so tightly that my legs and arms had fallen asleep. She was in the right-hand corner of the room sitting on the floor, and had me on her lap. The bathroom light was on and flooded a portion of the room with light. The light shone primarily on the bed, and my eyes followed the light and what I saw still haunts me today. My father was levitating about a foot off the bed. He wasn't calmly levitating either. He looked like he was being pulled. He was tightly gripping the posts of the headboard and mumbling something I couldn't understand. My mother sat me down on the floor and told me not to move and to close my eyes. Of course, I didn't close my eyes. I was so scared, but I couldn't look away. My mom entered the room with a Bible and began reading a scripture and praying. My father began to convulse and flail about, all the while still a foot off the bed and hanging onto the headboard. As quickly as it started, it stopped. My father fell to the bed after his body lurched forward, and I don't remember exactly what happened after this but I quit sleeping in my parents' room after that. As an adult, my mother has told me that she saw it leave. She had called my grandmother when she went to get the Bible. She said it was a very dark shadow. It shot off my father's feet and slithered out of the cracked window in the bedroom the moment my grandmother walked into the house. This ties into the story later. The paranormal has always been a part of my life. Supernatural doesn't scare me anymore. It'll surprise me from time to time, sure, but I won't allow it to scare me. However, the thing that I've recently encountered scares me. I could feel it in my bones, and it's nothing that I have ever felt. After my grandparents passed away, my father and I inherited the 80-acre farm along with everything else that they owned. 
I came down from the city to help my father go over paperwork and get all the affairs in order the day I got the news that my grandmother was gone. It was a happy and a sad evening. We stayed in the house that night. We laughed and cried and we told stories about the good old days. And the house didn't feel eerie at all. In fact, the feeling of the house didn't change until my grandmother was laid to rest. I really think her spirit stayed with us over that week and left after she saw we were going to be okay. And her remains were buried next to my grandfather. After the funeral, the family all came back to the farm and we ate and reminisced. With each person that left, the house got colder. And I don't mean cold as in a temperature. It's as if the atmosphere just began to change. My father was the last person to leave. He helped me cleaned up and as he was leaving offered for me to stay at his house. I had a bad feeling about staying at the farm but I declined and said I'd be fine. He stood there and looked like he wanted to say something to persuade me to leave with him. But he didn't. I walked him out to his truck and waved goodbye to him. I stood in the opening of the garage door and I lit a cigarette. I hadn't smoked for years, but this week had earned me a few smokes. The floodlights were drawing what seemed like a million bugs to the area I was standing in. I swatted a swarm of bugs out of my face and went into the garage and flipped off the light. It was so dark. Now, if you've never been in a rural area at night, oh man, you are missing out. You could see stars you didn't even know existed. And I feel like I can actually see entire galaxies out there. But when I turned the light off this time, I didn't feel so adventurous. I felt scared. And I questioned myself. Why are you scared? I mean, you grew up here. You've been in this yard when it's dark too many times to count. But there was an uneasy feeling in the air. I flicked my cigarette out onto the gravel driveway, and right as I hit the button to close the garage door, I heard a scrambling sound on the tin roof of the garage. I hurriedly opened the door that led into the living room, and I locked the door behind me. As the garage door was closing, I saw a glimpse of what looked like something's legs. I closed all the blinds and triple-checked that every door and window was locked. I went to the interior pantry and grabbed one of Grandfather's shotguns, and I grabbed a handful of shells from the shelf. I loaded the gun, sat down on the couch, and I listened. I was holding my breath to see if I could hear anything and I didn't hear anything at first. Then I heard a thump on the roof, and then footsteps. I felt my eyes welling up with tears of fear and anger. Then I heard a scratching sound, and it sounded like sporadic claws being drug along the siding and roof of the house. I even heard a sharp squeal of what sounded like something metal and sharp being ran across the windows of the living room. I felt a tear slide down my face. I wanted to call my father, but I didn't want him to be in danger. I didn't know who or what was out there. 
The cops wouldn't get here for a while and they'll probably tell me I'd been in the city for too long and that it was just the sounds of the country. Now, I don't really know what happened at this point, but I woke up on the couch around 6.30 a.m. The sun was shining through the crack in the blinds, but the house still felt heavy. I unloaded the shotgun and put it back into the pantry. I grabbed my keys and I hesitated a little when I went to the garage door opener. The door mechanically squealed open and I cautiously walked outside. I fumbled for my pack of cigarettes and lit one and walked out into the sunlight. I walked to the side of the garage to get into my car when I noticed a strange set of prints on the ground. Now I still really don't know how to describe them. They kind of look like hooves, but that would be impossible. I then decided it had to be a large cat, and the dry ground had distorted the tracks, and that had to be what was messing with me the prior evening. I went to my father's house, and I didn't mention anything that had happened. We still had a lot of things to take care of around the farm. The fields needed to be plowed, and most of the items in the house were going to need to be packed up. So he rode back to the farm with me, and we got back to the house. I saw something laying in the driveway. I stopped a few feet away from what it was in the driveway, and my father got out first. It was a lamb. A mutilated lamb. My father looked it over and then went to the garage and grabbed the trash bag, it looks like a stray dog chased this guy from someone else's property, he said while shaking his head. I knew no one kept sheep near us, and our land didn't border anyone else's land. But I know my father was just trying to justify the clearly odd situation. We worked around the house, and we were about halfway through packing and cleaning. We both flopped down at the kitchen table and started to chat. I glanced out the window and didn't realize how dark it had gotten. I mentioned that we should head back to his house. He looked at me, puzzled, and asked why I wasn't staying at the farm. And I stumbled over my words. And then he said, Well, it's a little spooky out here by yourself, huh? He chuckled. We started to my car and loaded a few small boxes in my car that belonged to my father. He was going to take it home. There was rustling in the overgrown hay in the fields, and it was close. I told my dad to get into the car. He shrugged and opened the passenger door. And I looked out into the dark field, and I saw a figure standing in the tall hay. Now I'm five foot ten, and the hay was a little over my waist. The hay hit the figure in the field at about the knees. Even though it was dark, I could tell their head was off to one side. It was like they were tilting their head like a dog does when they hear a high-pitched sound. The figure was very thin and had something on its head. I just couldn't figure out what it was. And my father started to get out of the car, but I locked the doors and slammed my foot on the accelerator. Gravel hit the still-open garage and a cloud of dust trailed behind the car. My father was screaming at me, asking me what I was doing. 
I looked out my car window and saw that the hay was swaying behind the car in the field next to us. That thing was chasing us. I could see that in the moonlight it had horns, but not like our local deer. No, I couldn't place them. I turned my eyes away and my father was staring out of the passenger window. He tapped me and turned my gaze to the right. Out in the woods that met the fields, there were sets of eyes. I don't mean two or three. I would have to say sixty or more. I can't be sure it looked like hundreds, but I'm sure that would be an exaggerated amount. My father didn't speak until we were in the house with the door locked. After speaking about what it could be, we decided it had to be deer that was running by us. That the eyes just must have been a trick of the moonlight. Now that next day, my father and I reluctantly headed back to the farm. The tension in the air was almost tangible. After working on packing, my father and I sat out on the back porch and looked across the golden fields. Let's take a walk, he said. I unwillingly dragged myself from my seat on the porch. I told him to hold on and ran inside to grab my boots. I didn't want to take a chance and flip-flops in the field that had old, rusty farm equipment laying around, and we started to head back to the entrance of the fields that all of the outbuildings were on. As we were walking through the fields again, talking about my grandparents, we caught a whiff of something rancid. As you have gathered, I grew up on a farm and have come across dead animals in the field. My grandfather was an avid hunter and fisherman, so I'd smelled some very, very terrible smells. This wasn't anything like I'd ever experienced before. It smelled like rot, blood, trash, and sewer all mixed together. I started to gag and my father put his hand over his mouth, but soon followed my reaction. We walked towards that smell, and we were standing on an open, relatively flat piece of land. And then my boots hit something metal under where we were standing, and it made a hollow ping sound. My father looked down, and then he looked at me with a perplexed look on his face. We kicked away the cut hay that had been laid over the area. It revealed a large square metal plate. Pa, you ever seen this before? I questioned. My father didn't say anything, he just shook his head. We stupidly decided to move the metal plate because, you know, it was a good idea, right? And when we did, there was an incredibly deep, round hole, almost like a well. It was dark even in the still, bright afternoon sun. The horrid smell was the first thing that hit us. It was like a forceful wind of putrid air. My father and I just peered down the hole. Then we heard a chuckle. It echoed from the hole, and I started to back up when I saw something in the darkness. Then we heard a scrambling sound like something was going to come out of the hole. We started to run, but we stopped, entranced by what was happening. Now all I can remember are the eyes all black and sunken into a thin face. 
I see those eyes every time I close my eyes. I was now on my hands and knees and was leaning into the hole with my eyes glazed over, according to my father. And my father bellowed, move, and his voice snapped me out of my trance and I hurriedly crawled away from the hole. And my father somehow lifted that metal plate and slammed it down on the hole and we heard a screech unlike anything I've ever heard before. It was like a barn owl and a panther, but it was so haunting and loud. I put my hands over my ears and my father grabbed my arm and basically drug me to my car and threw me in the passenger seat. We drove in silence other than my labored breathing, and when we got to his house, he put my bags in the car and told me that I needed to go back to the city as soon as possible. He continued to tell me that he didn't know how that hole got there, or what the hell was going to come out of it, but that he had seen those eyes before. He told me the night that he levitated, he saw a shadow at the end of the bed, and it had a hold of his legs, and had those same eyes. I returned to the city that very evening after I had calmed down been a few months since this all happened, and I think this thing that had possessed her, whatever it did to my father, well, I think it's coming after me. My grandparents are gone, and there is no one here to protect me. I was looking in the mirror the other day, and I swear I saw my eyes change for a second. I saw those cold, dead eyes staring back at me, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that if you see an 80-acre farm for sale in Silva, you just don't buy it. Please, no matter how much it appeals to you, if you do, you might find yourself looking into those dead black eyes, and I might be the one looking back at you. <laughs>